I want to go to Isaiah 28, verse 16, and I'm teaching on Sundays on foundational truths, and I'm just really on a, a focus about how permanent and how solid and how amazing it is to base your life on Jesus. I went and spoke at a, a Bible college in Sweden years and years ago in the early 90s, and uh, there was a beautiful lake there. There were trails all around where the, the locals did uh, cross-country skiing. There was even uh, downhill, like one of those uh, ski jumps, like Olympic level where they practice for the Olympics. I got up there, it was in the springtime, but, it, but uh, well, it was the end of winter, and um, there was no snow on it, but I saw how angled it was, it was amazing. And I just was walking around and I saw this lake that was covered in ice, it was in between seasons, and I thought, oh man, maybe in between my classes I could go ice fishing. So I was all excited about it, and uh, so I, I went to the class and I preached my message, and then I, and through my interpreter, I said, hey, you know, I see your big frozen lake. Oh, yes, it's beautiful. And I said, man, I'm just, I'm just wondering if there's a time or opportunity to go to ice fishing. And they kind of got quiet. And then uh, one guy came up to me and he said, um, if you fall in, he spoke English, if you fall in, look for the light. I said, excuse me? <laughs> I wasn't planning on, I was not planning on falling in I was, or swimming. I was planning on ice fishing. But he, he, he said, uh, there are currents underneath, and if you fall in, it'll pull you away from the hole you fell in, and you have to look for the light up above you. I, guess what I did not do on that trip? <laughs> it totally healed me and cured me from uh, wanting to go ice fishing. And um, <laughs> one of my many adventures that you didn't hear about. But uh, they were basically saying the footing wasn't secure. They were saying that the ice wasn't uh, trustworthy. And, uh, but I want to tell you, on the other hand, the, the point that Isaiah prophesied to the Jewish people and now to the church is this, Isaiah 28, 16. The ice is not thin here. In fact, listen, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone. Say that, a stone. A tested stone. Say that, a tested stone. Say this, a costly cornerstone. And it says, firmly placed for the foundation. Firmly placed. He who believes in it, look at that, will not be disturbed. Say this with me, I shall not be moved. There's a song we sing, I'm like a tree planted by the water. I shall not be moved. Uh, I think it's important for us to understand and be reminded this morning, that Jesus is defined as the chief cornerstone, the solid rock, very anchoring, very settling. Hebrews 6.19 says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul. I love the term uh, anchor. For a long period of time, we had young people meetings, and we called it anchors, and we were, I was trying to lay foundations for people's future. And Jesus is very anchoring. And growing up by the ocean, uh, uh, the, the value of when my dad would throw the, the, the boat anchor and the chain and the rope over the edge of the boat and anchor us when we were in between the currents of the ocean and the bay in San Diego so we could fish, 
it was amazing to me that we would be flopping all over the place, but when the anchor caught onto the rocks of the, of the base of the bay, then, then no matter what the waves were doing, no matter what the wind was doing, we were able to be tethered to something solid and we were able to withstand the push and pull all around us. This is what I'm preaching today. He says, I, I lay in Zion a stone, a costly stone, a, a, a chief cornerstone, firmly placed for a foundation. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3 says in verse 11 that there's no other foundation which can be laid but Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the reality uh, of the, the, the thin ice in, in Sweden contrasted with the stabilizing message I heard through the, young, the people, the, the young people that shared the gospel with me as a young person, uh, it, 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 it was, hey, you, you're not going to sink on this. This is, this is solid footing. They were inviting me into a, 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 a relationship with a person who was trustworthy, who is reliable, who is present, who's authentic, who's not just the head of a religion. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And he came and, and became as we are. He who never sinned became a sin substitute for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. He rescued us from the domain of darkness. He transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. And it is solid footing. Jesus told Peter, I'm going to build my church on the solid rock. He said, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. The church has overcome scandals, slander, attacks. The Bible has been dismissed and belittled and discounted, and yet it stands forever settled in heaven. The worlds are framed by the word of God, and his word is true. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path, and Jesus is the solid footing, that the basis upon which a life can be built that will cause you to be built to last yourself. The contrast of a builder, a foolish builder and a wise builder, is that the foolish builder doesn't bother to check the foundation and builds on sand. And then when the winds blow and the waves crash and the rains come, uh, the, the house is destroyed and it's a great uh, a, a consequence. But a wise builder, everybody say wise builder. A wise builder builds their house on uh, the rock. That's what a, a Jesus follower ends up being. And a doer of the word, you end up with this assurance that, hey, man, the winds will blow, the troubles will come, and yet somehow by the grace of God, God's going to see us. In my case, he's going to see us through. He is going to walk me through this stuff. We know, Romans 8, 28, that God works all things together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. So what the, the enemy tries to throw at us as the redeemed on this solid footing, uh, God gives us strength. He, he gives us shelter from the storm. And when we're in the midst of it, he gives us an anchor. He is our anchor. Jesus is the stabilizer. Jesus is the solid, stable, durable, balanced one that we could stand with that will guide us through life and walk us through this, the, the valleys of decision and all the issues that we face. Hallelujah. We don't have to be depressed today. We don't have to be worried today. We don't have to anxiously look about us today. We don't have to become fatalistic. We don't have to become dismissive. We don't have to become blunt and dull and back off. We don't have to be discouraged. God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but power, love, and a sound mind. And he who believes in it will not be disturbed. The King James says, will not make haste. There's so much hastiness, so much impulse right now. So many people anxiously looking around and and God admonishes us to just be steadfast. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Look back at it again. Be steadfast. My be- Therefore, my beloved brethren, the king, the, the, that's the New American Standard 1995, I think the 2020 updated, says, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Let's look at it again. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. One more time. Knowing, look what it says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, Look at somebody next to you say, be steadfast. Look at the person on the other side say, be immovable. Look at the person behind you say, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's one of my favorites. We all turn around and we're all looking into the back of each other's heads. <laughs> Knowing that your toil or your labor is never in vain. In the Lord. Don't let the devil come in and make you regret, make you get in the shoulda, woulda, coulda dimension. He specializes in that because he's loaded with regret. He was Lucifer, the beautiful worship being of heaven, and he, according to the scriptures, led a third of the angelic host into a rebellion against the Creator and Jesus said he saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And there is explanation for all the harshness and all the weirdness of our fractured world. Why? Because 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, says that he is the God of this world and he blinds the minds of the unbelieving. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. But for us, the lights have come on. For us, we recognize, wow, stepping over and giving our hearts to Jesus. I just got a text from someone, and his friend just died. But I remember when his friend asked Jesus in his heart right here. So I have confidence that though he's absent from the body, he's present with the Lord. I'm burdened about the Foo Fighters drummer's family. You know, 13-year-old, 16-year-old kid. He's only 50. Died somewhere on a tour, the top of their game. You know, and I was burdened for the band. I've been praying for his bandmates, and I'm praying for his wife and his kids. I, you know, I don't know where he was at spiritually, but I'll tell you, it's important that we make sure we get our feet planted on a solid rock. Remember me in Sweden? I decided not to go ice fishing. When they said, if, it the, what, if the ice breaks, look for the light. You know, it's like, you know. Okay, I'm just going to watch it on ESPN or something like that. I don't need to do it. But we do need, and it is important, that we settle in on and build our lives on the goodness and grace of God. I love Ephesians 3.17 where 
another case of solidity and, and, and permanence where in Ephesians 3.17 it says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, look at this, being rooted and grounded in love. Uh, God wants us to be rooted and grounded so that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. There's something about the permanence, the establishment of a quality life. You know, we worked at Hurricane Katrina for a couple of years. We rebuilt homes. We stepped up. It was a, a breathtaking era for our ministry with Service International and Family Church. We labored and labored alongside people who had had one of the most devastating experiences in, in uh, America's history. But there's a picture of a contractor, a construction expert, who built his own personal home for he and his wife and family. And uh, all the other houses around were built conventionally, like with two-by-fours and two-by-sixes and that kind of thing, the conventional construction. This guy decided... I'm going to build with concrete slabs. And his wife, through the whole process, honey, this is overkill. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I just, I just want, you know, we're in, we're in Hurricane Alley, honey. You know, we're right down here in the Gulf where the, the warm ocean air currents come in and hit the colder air coming down from the north, and it creates this problem. So I'm going to build this house like the three little pigs, uh, you know, in case there's a huffing and puffing from the big bad wolf, right? So there's an there's a actual photo, unretouched photo, that showed the tragedy of the harsh winds, 170-plus mile-per-hour winds, that literally wiped a lot of those houses off the foundation. But lo and behold, there's the picture of the house that the wife thought it was overkill, standing, standing with hardly any damage, just a little cosmetic thing here and there, but having done all to stand, built a house built to last. Jim Collins, author, business acumen guy, he talked about, he wrote a book called Built to Last, and it makes me think of the church. Jesus said to Peter, I will build my church, and he said the gates of hell will not overpower it. And so here we are today, in this world we're in, facing the circumstances we're facing. Last night I was watching with my son-in-law and my daughter the 1967 Monterey Pop Festival that had been filmed. Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, The Who, people like that were their mamas and the papas. It was a turning point, pivot point uh, in uh, American culture. And um, I just was saddened by it. I, Steve said, my son-in-law said, well, it would be cool if there weren't, weren't drugs because of striped pants and bell bottoms and hat, floppy hats. It was cool. They're sideburns and stuff. What's not, what's, you know, what's not to like about big mutton chops, right? Right? You probably had them. And, um, and, and it, as we were watching it, I was just, I was looking at it and I was, rem I was reminiscing about the, the upheaval that came with it, the, the, the hostility between generations and the, there, were, there were racial pressures and tensions, uh, and, and there, was, there were ecology concerns, and there were societal ills that were so uh, fomenting and teeming that, and yet, and I told my kids, I said, but yet God responded and reacted and, 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 
and prompted a great movement. And during this same period, they called it the summer of love and all that stuff. There was Kent State. There were all kinds of issues that happened that were haunting to this day. But yet wars and rumors of wars and, 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 and alarming, uh, fear-based things. People were dropping. I watched some of these entertainers. They didn't make it much longer after that. That one died. That one died. That one from drugs. And then just yesterday, this beautiful drummer from this band that just got inducted into the Hall of Fame, 50 year, only 50 years old, you know, and, and I, it's just my heart breaks, you know. But I think about the permanence and the stabilizing and the benefit of submitting to the Lord, basing a life completely on him. You will not be disappointed. You will not be ignored. You will not be let down. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will not be disappointed. And that you can base your life on Jesus and get rooted and grounded. And then as you do and as you abide in him and his word abides in you, you'll bear much fruit. John 15, 7 says that you can ask him. John 15, 7, look at it in the, in the, in the verse that if we abide in him and his word abides in us, uh, we can ask whatever we wish. We can ask whatever we wish and it will be done for us. And in uh, and, and the next verses, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. See, we're steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our toil, our prayers, our sweat equity, our showing up, our worship, our giving, our fighting the good fight of faith, our forgiving each other, our, our modeling care and love, our not being bitter, when, you know, doing road rage. Instead, we back off a little bit and pray in tongues. We, we, when we go places, we don't get all stingy. We give. We tithe. We give. We, we tip at the restaurants. We, we're kind to people. We're generous. We refuse to let the devil dictate to us where we're supposed to be uh, limited and how we're supposed to back off. Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all we could ask or think, according to the power that works within us. I'm telling you, he's not weak toward you. He's all about empowerment. He's looking for people he could pour out his spirit on. He's looking for people who embrace his word so he can act on it and walk. walk he watches over his word to perform it. The, uh, Psalm 103 says that when we speak God's word, the angels of the Lord hearken unto the voice of his word. Dick Mills, my friend, years and years of friendship with Dick Mills. In 1990, he wrote a devotional that I think is so gripping. I've been spending so much time in it. It makes me um, uh, feel like I'm still having fellowship with my old friend. He was a faithful man of God. And he talked about Matthew 13, 8, it's also in Mark chapter 4, about the soil and the seed and fruit. How many of you want to bear much fruit? Who, who in here wants to lead a fruitful life? Who, want, who, when you were born, how many of you said, boy, I pray that someday I, my wish, when I grow up, I want to be mediocre? Whoever prayed that? <laughs> Nobody ever prayed that. You know why? Because you're made in God's image. And he blessed us in Genesis chapter 1, and he said, be fruitful and multiply. He, he put a quotient on the inside of each one of us. Pay attention to this. And, and according to the proper working of each individual part, he actually has magnificent purposes that he has wired toward you 
life-transforming prayer moments, opportunities for engagement with others that can leave a trail of encouragement when somebody felt like giving up. You could be a catalyst that could help somebody not to make a terrible decision. You could be somebody who is a gospel, you share it effectively in a non-threatening way, in a humble way where it accesses them to this amazing, solid potential to step out of all these shaky ground and stand up on the solid rock. Remember what the psalmist said, he lifts us up out of the miry clay and sets our feet upon a rock. Dr. Hazen's from Turkey, and when they had that earthquake, we, we were both burdened about it, and it was his village and his people group. And, you know, I think about the shakiness of that, and I think about the unsettled aspects of that. And I think about, I watched that Monterey Pop Festival, and I remembered, for me, I, I remembered as a young person the shakiness of society. And I remembered it was like, though that's cool, and there's rock and roll, and there's one of the Rolling Stones, and blah, blah, blah. It, it, it was like, I remembered the, I remember the agitation of it. That's what, that's what made me get hungry. Oh, God, if you're real, show me. Oh, God, if you're real. Because religious stuff didn't make sense to me. I'd go to church, and it just felt, it, it, the, in the cases where I, I went, it, it felt bland, and it, it felt anemic, and it didn't feel subst- like, like substantial. Then I ran into genuine believers who had stepped over on the solid rock, who built on a solid foundation with good material, and it was different in contrast to the rest of everything else. And it really showed me you could be firmly fixed and planted and have an anchor for your life. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Dick Mills said about the seed, he said, but others fell on good ground, and it yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. That's, That's the New King James Version. And here's what he said. The context of this verse seems to indicate three types of Christians. This is talking about fruitfulness. Three types of Christians with varying percentages of return on the seed of the word of God implanted in in them. It implies that some have a capacity to produce 100% return on God's investment, while others can only muster 60% and others even less. Each person is thus thought to have his own set personal production potential. Some scholars, however, and Dick Mills is leaning toward this interpretation, some scholars, however, see in this verse a progress in the life of each believer, a progressive progress in the life of a believer. To them, this verse says that each of us has three phases in our Christian life. Phase one, say phase one is when we are babes in Christ. Phase two is when we are young, growing servants and handmaidens in the Lord. And phase three is when we are mature saints, grown-up adult Christians. 30-fold, or phase one, could include the blessings that accompany the new birth. Phase uh, 60-fold, phase two, would refer to the blessings of growth, the blessings of maturing and growth, expansion and enlargement, and development into spiritual adulthood. A hundredfold, phase three, would entail all the blessings that come with the patience, faithfulness, consistency, and endurance of our latter years. One of my favorite verses, Psalm 92. When you're planted in the house of the Lord, you'll bear fruit even in old age. And this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. I'm, I'm, a, I'm 
a co-laborer with God. He's the vine dresser. Well, Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. God wants us to bear much fruit. If he sees the branches aren't bearing fruit, he'll clip them. And that's not like eradicating you. What it is is, is getting rid of the dead uh, 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 tangents that, are, that aren't pertinent anymore. The Lord's doing this. He did this during that period when the, the Monterey Festival, where the, the summer of love, they called it. It wasn't a summer of love at our house. My brother and me experienced a traumatic moment in that summer of 67. It was one of the hardest moments I remember. He and I stood on the lawn and cried together. And as an adult, I was in my kitchen, and I, re, I revisited that feeling when he was just, he's two and a half, three years younger than me, and we just stood there crying over a trauma to our household. Uh, but what the enemy meant for harm, people, God turned around for good. I'm not up here whining. I'm not up here complaining. I'm telling you that, that, that as hard as that moment was, God walked us through it. Ray Zepp got shot down 11 times in Vietnam, came back up fighting. He had bullets flying over him. We were on a mission trip, and one of the people on the trip compared notes with Ray, and in fact, they realized Ray was the evacuating helicopter pilot that rescued him when he was injured out in the jungle. And they talked about it in the context of church. There was a guy that was an usher and another usher in our church. One was a police officer. One was kind of had a villainous uh, biker kind of life. This was the arresting officer, and this guy was the guy that got arrested several times by this guy. But they came in this context of Jesus Christ, and they had both experienced a new birth. The perpetrator and the arresting officer uh, both realized they needed Jesus. The, the, the guy, the biker, the criminal kind of a thing, and the, the guy that is a legal guy, he realized, hey, at the end of the day, everybody must be born again. So then the fruit starts to be birthed. And this one, the arresting officer, had because the guy kept flinching and didn't want to give him eye contact, and he said, hey, look, hey, we got to get over this. You're new, we're, we're new creatures now. We are both, uh, uh, we're both in a different, we're on the same page. We're both seated in heavenly places. Our feet are on the rock. We're, our names are recorded in heaven. Hey, we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? See, this is what God is stabilizing us in right now. This is, this is what God is, and I believe, what, I, I believe this. I don't believe, well, I'm just, I'm a 30-fold person. I'm a 60-fold person. No, how many of you strive? You want to see more fruit? You want to see more uh, answers to prayer? You want to see more people get healed? You want to have confidence in God? When you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. When you share the gospel, people will be saved. I'm going to call some of the young people up to help me. Uh, a, a guy from Colorado sent us 20,000 cards that have the gospel printed on them. And, and, and John and, and Sandy Haley arranged it. And these are beautiful gospel tracks that have Jesus is the key on the front. And on the back, it has Jesus forgives. And then it has Romans 3.23, Romans 5.8, Romans 6.23, Romans 10.9 and 10. It's the Romans road, they call it. It's a way and a means of using the gospel to share the message to get people to be saved. And in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. I've been passing these out. And they're non-threatening. 
They're so nice. They're such high-level cardstock, glossy, beautiful print. Everything's spelled correctly. There's no website, no address, so it's very enigmatic. It's very non-sectarian. Uh, uh, anybody from any background could read this. In fact, I was out of town, and I gave one to a person that was born, I think, either in Thailand or, or Vietnam. I couldn't tell which country she was from. She had never heard the name of Jesus and never heard what a Bible is. But I felt like God wanted me. At, she was a clerk at a restaurant that we ate at, and I, 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 I drove away. And I said, man, I, I told my wife, I feel like I'm supposed to witness to that, that girl. She said, yeah, go back. So I, pulled, I went back. I gave her the track. I argued with God. I said, God, I know. I just knew in my spirit she didn't even understand, wouldn't understand. She said, what's a Bible? And I, I said, well, you know, and I thought, well, at least it's seed sown. It's seed sown. I said, take this, find a Bible, and read these. So I'm believe. She said, okay. Uh, just last week, I, my wife saw me. I, I gave one to a guy. I said, hey, happy Easter. Pardon my interruption. Happy Easter. He said, thank you, man. Happy Easter to you too, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. There's a, a table full of young uh, kind of millennial people who kind of got the impression they had been partying the night before. We were having brunch after church out of town. We went and visited a good church. Guys preaching a good word. Came in after praise and worship ordered some uh, eggs, and God prompted me, give that guy a track. Right before, my wife said, I think that guy said he's going to hell in the conversation. You, we were so close, you, we weren't eavesdropping, you could, just, you could just hear it. And I didn't hear that, but I thought, oh wow, that emboldened me. to." So I walked over to him, put my coat on, kind of slipped over, tried not to be intrusive, and just slipped in the track. He went, thanks brother, didn't he? So he might have been a backslidden guy. Who knows? The girls were like. <laughs> so this is the gift that keeps on giving. So I'm going to have the young people stand up. I want to get uh, Mike Gedeker. You're one of the young people. Uh, Ethan, right now, come, get busy. I want you to, uh, I need uh, David, uh, John, I need you guys to help me out. And uh, uh, I need uh, Conley's. Can you come pass out these tracks for me? So, so here's Tom Charleville, and um, he, has, he makes some of the best coffee in, in the planet. Clipper uh, coffee, yes. Yeah, Clipper coffee, <laughs> yeah, 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 prog, yeah, product placement. Uh, he just pulled this out. He's got a dog-eared one that he's had. Tell me about it. I don't know, Jeff, what I have. I've had it maybe about three years or so. Somebody handed him a track, and he's kept it. He's not been able to get rid of it, and he's got it in there with a paper clip and a, yeah. And, and along with all that big wad of cash from yeah, all his coffee sale, all his all ones. <laughs> I'm having fun at church, you guys. Hey, listen, I want you to take a few of these. I want you to be bold. Look at somebody next to you and say, be bold. I've just been preaching my heart out to you about how solid this foundation is. Who in here would say the Lord's got you through a thing or two? Some of you, you came close to death. I think about Judy and Greg and how she called me. She was, he, Greg was slipping out of his body seeing Jesus at a point when he had an issue years ago. And Judy said, 
Pastor Jeff, tell, tell Greg to come back. So I said, Greg, you have more life to live. Don't, don't, because, you know, you just, you get in that holy place with the glory of God. You, why, why would you want to be in this fallen world? But we've got a job to do. We've got a job to do. That's why. So I want you to get these tracks. Tom has had his in his wallet for two or three years. So people can't throw these away. And I'm believing God that as we give these out, we're going to give out 20,000 of these before Easter. I am believing God for many, many souls to come into the kingdom of God. And if they're supposed to find their way to this church, they're just going to have to pray and they're going to have to hunt just like you did. Because I'm not up doing infomercials telling everybody this is better than everything else. I am, however, telling people Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's all stand up on our feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I love this church. Look at somebody next to you and say, I love you. Look at somebody behind you and say, I think you're awesome. Now listen as I close. Proverbs 11.30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that is wise wins souls. That's an encouraging word about the progression of 30, 60 to 100 fold. Say this with me. I'm steadfast. I'm immovable. I'm always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing that my labor is not in vain in the Lord. I'm a soul winner. I'm a prayer warrior. I refuse to quit. Hallelujah. Now, if you slip in, though, look for the light, all right? God bless you guys. God bless y'all. Go out with joy. Have